Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Profit Podcast. Everything NFL and fantasy football related all year long. With your host, Calvin Wright. Happy Monday morning, everyone. Week one is pretty much officially in the books. I hope your fantasy matchups went well. Judging by how good players did yesterday, they probably didn't go well. But welcome to the Profit Podcast. We're going to go over everything that happened in week one in 20 minutes or less. Because my camera is running low on battery. Anyways, so we're going to get through all the booms and busts and some notes. And we're going to get over 20 players, every over 20 questions that I uh, am getting to that I saw on TikTok. So many of these. Should I be worried about Alvin Kamara? Should I be worried about this? We're going to get through those guys. So be patient. 20 minutes or less, we're going to get through all of that. Alrighty. So, busts. We're going to go through this on a scale of 1 to 3. How worried am I about these players? Number one, Austin Eckler. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I am worried about Austin Eckler. I would put him at a uh, 2. A 2. Maybe a 2.5. Austin Eckler came in and had 9 points. Joshua Kelly had 12. That's not good, guys. That's that's a little worrisome. But we look at what happened with Austin Eckler. 19 carries for 84 yards. That's what we can expect from Eckler as a runner. But what happened? Why did he only score nine points? Because he only caught one reception. He was only targeted once. That is worrisome. That is very much worrisome. Joshua Kelly, even more productive as a runner, 12 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. Five yards per carry and the goal line work. That's exciting for Joshua Kelly owners. But Austin Eckler, this is depressing. And you go back and watch, and it's not, no, he wasn't involved. Jo- uh, Tyrod Taylor doesn't use the running back in the passing game. Phillip Rivers does. Phillip Rivers is the reason Austin Eckler succeeded. And if you look over at what happened with the running back position, where Phillip Rivers is now, with the Colts, he hyper-targeted the running backs. Naheen Hines had eight receptions, and Jonathan Taylor had six receptions. That is where the points went. Oh, and Marlon Mack, before he got hurt, had three. That's what was making Austin Eckler so amazing. That is now in Indianapolis. Tyrod Taylor, when he gets pressured, he doesn't check it down to the running back. No, he scrambles, he runs, he extends the plays and takes shots deep, and that is what we saw. So I'm very worried about Austin Eckler if you've got him. Don't sell now. I wouldn't sell. I'd wait till a better game. You can't sell him low. You don't want to trade him right now after a bad game. But Austin Eckler, guys, I put my worry level at a 2.3 because the worries that we have now are worries that I was expecting to have and worries that were predictable. And that situation that we saw Austin Eckler thrive in doesn't exist. And it now exists on a different team. And the situation that I was worried about is starting to come to fruition. Alrighty, next player, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas laid a dud, guys. Michael Thomas. I'm a Michael Thomas owner. 4.7 points. 
I wanted to gouge out my eyes when I saw that. 4.7 points. It's horrible. Horrible. I mean horrible, guys. It, it was... Uh, and now he's hurt. He injured his ankle. We don't have much report on the injury. If he's fine, I'm not worried. My my worry level is at a zero. You know, he comes out, he's going to lay a dud every once in a while, especially with no preseason. He hasn't played in a year. So worry level, zero. If it is a serious injury, which I will talk to fantasy docs later this week, then my worry level is at a one, just depending on the injury. But Michael Thomas, production-wise, I am not worried. It's an anomaly. Great players, even they can have bad games sometimes. Now, his teammate, Alvin Kamara. This is uh, interesting because Alvin Kamara had 23 points. So why are we worried about him? Because he only had 12 carries for 16 yards, and Latavius Murray had 15 for 48. That's, that's, a, little, that's a little sus, guys. Kamara was bailed out by two touchdowns and some receiving work, but the fact that Latavius Murray was involved as he was, as early as he was, and as productive as he was is worrisome. That's that's a little worrisome because you spent a third third overall pick on Alvin Kamara for him to be the number two. He got the goal line work. He got the touchdowns. But Latavius Murray, that is worrisome. Latavius Murray, you got to own him if you uh, if you if he's unowned because that that level of opportunity in production, if he got the touchdowns yesterday, he was, you know, a top, top five running back. So I'm a bit worried about Alvin Kamara just because I think this could be something with an injury that we don't know about. They aren't going to pay him the big money and then use Latavius Murray more often unless something's wrong. So injury worry for Alvin Kamara is at a 1.5. I will talk to Fantasy Docs, figure out is there something wrong or was this just a weird game script? But a little bit worried about Alvin Kamara. Not overly worried, but a little bit. Now next guy. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a horrible game. Six points. Giovanni Bernard had 6.8, so a little more than Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had 19 carries for 69 yards, one reception for two yards, and he got fumbled. He fumbled the ball. Um, am I worried? No. No, I'm not. It was, it was an experimental game with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow got the 20-yard touchdown. I'm not worried about Joe Mixon. I've seen enough of Joe Mixon over time to know that he can have bad games and rebound. Uh, fumble. He doesn't usually fumble. It's not going to be too worrisome. Uh, it's a matter, I think, of this is week one. They haven't played football in a year. That's what I think it is for Joe Mixon. Uh, Giovanni Bernard only had one carry. Mixon's the the workhorse back. He just didn't have the best game. So when I'm worried, the players I'm more worried about are players that had opportunity. No, no, didn't have the opportunity that we were hoping for. So if a player just doesn't produce, then I'm not too worried. But if there's something where they don't have work and there's not an easy solution to why, that's where I get a little bit worried. Kind of like this next guy, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson actually had what I thought was a decent game if you drafted him a month ago and you got him in the 12th round. He had six points. Peyton Barber had 14. Am I worried about Antonio Gibson not getting the work that we had hoped for? No, I'm not. Because I wasn't expecting Antonio Gibson to come out and be a bell cow. Peyton Barber, though, had 17 carries for 29 yards. That is pitiful. That is awful. That's a horrible performance. Gibson had nine carries for 36 yards. That is way better. Two catches on two receptions for eight yards. Gibson had an objectively better game. Barber just got the two touchdowns, the goal line work. If Barber doesn't get the goal line work, he had 17 carries for 29 yards. 
a 2.9 fantasy performance. The touchdowns were the only thing that were missing for Gibson. He was a way better running back. I expect Gibson to get more and more work over the course of the season and eventually the goal line work. Is it going to be instantaneous? No. I never said it would be instantaneous. But Barber is a very bad running back. Peyton Barber is a horrible running back. He may be a thorn in the side, but Gibson will get the work eventually. may take another week or two. Um, I'm looking at the breakout probably uh, week three against Cleveland is where I'd expect him to really break out. Um, But yeah, be patient with Gibson. Barber is a garbage running back. 1.9 yards per carry. Not too worried about him. He just got the touchdowns. Interesting, they had nine goal line carries and Gibson only had one. I'm more excited by the fact that the Washington football team had nine goal line carries. If just some of those go to Gibson later on in the season, he's going to be what we hoped for. So worry level for Antonio Gibson, we'll put it at a modest 0.5. Terry McLaurin, my man Terry McLaurin. I have the iHeart Terry sticker right over behind me. Am I worried about iHeart Terry? Uh, he had a horrible performance, and it wasn't that bad. It, was, it wasn't like he... It wasn't as bad as Michael Thomas. He just didn't really do much. 11 points, 5 of 7 for 61 yards. No, I'm not worried. That's what I expected from Terry McLaurin. I said he'd score 9 to 12 points. He did that. He had a bad matchup. Darius Slay. They had a lot of, uh, a lot of you know, just short fields where they didn't really have to throw downfield. And I'm actually pretty confident in Terry McLaurin moving forward because Dwayne Haskins showed us that he has improved. He's improved as a passer. He's still not a beast, but he has improved. And I think it will pay off in the long run for Terry McLaurin. I am not worried for Terry McLaurin. We'll put it at a .5, though, just, uh, just, to, just to be fair and unbiased. All right, Jonathan Taylor and Naheen Hines. Let's talk about this one because this one is really interesting. As a Jonathan Taylor owner, I'm going to start this off by saying I am not happy Marlon Mack got hurt. That is horrible. That is awful. Anyone who tears an Achilles, it affects their career. He's out for the season, but he will probably never be the same again. That is horrible and sad, and I, I, I am sorry to Marlon Mack, and I am praying for his health. Now, the fantasy implications for Jonathan Taylor's fantasy value, this is, this is a win. All right. As somber as this is, as sad as this is, this is how fantasy football works. The biggest hurdle that Jonathan Taylor had to jump in the depth chart was Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is out of the picture, out of the equation. This is an absolute win for Jonathan Taylor owners. Now, I still got flamed on TikTok because people were saying, oh, Naheen Hines came in and Naheen Hines was the better running back. No, he wasn't the better running back. He had some more work. No, he didn't actually. Naheen Hines had seven carries for 28 yards. He just found the end zone. Now, he did have eight receptions for 45 yards, but Jonathan Taylor had six receptions for 67. Guys, think about this. Jonathan Taylor had more carries than Naheen Hines, albeit he wasn't very productive with them, but he had more carries. And he had six receptions on six targets the biggest knock on taylor is he can't catch the ball he can we were wrong about that jonathan taylor can catch the ball so why didn't he do as well as naheen hines because he didn't get the touchdowns okay the one thing he didn't get the touchdowns if he gets those two touchdowns instead oh man he has a huge fantasy performance and everyone loves him 
he would have had 26, 28 points. No, I'm not worried about Naheen Hines and Jonathan Taylor. I'm excited because I think there is a world where both of them have value. Naheen Hines is a scat back in PPR leagues, just like Chris Thompson. But Jonathan Taylor, the sky is the limit. He's going to be more involved. They probably, he will be more involved. Listen, they probably said Jonathan Taylor is going to be on the field for 30% of the snaps this week. And they, they had a set amount of work he was going to do. When Marlon Mack got hurt, they didn't let that affect Jonathan Taylor's snap count for this week. It affected Naheen Hines. We aren't going to see the effect of Marlon Mack missing time until this week. This is the week where we see Jonathan Taylor have the huge sudden boost in the, uh, in the, in the workload. But the fact that he was able to catch the ball six times on six targets, that is so exciting. That is amazing. He proved us wrong with the receiving role. And guys, listen to his upcoming schedule. Minnesota, who just got gashed, gashed by the Packers. New York Jets, who are pitiful. Chicago, that just got gashed by Adrian Peterson. Cleveland, and then Cincinnati. Then a bye week, and he comes back against Detroit. Guys, buy Jonathan Taylor before it's too late. His value has already skyrocketed with Marlon Mack's injury, but it is only going to go up. He will be the workhorse running back next week. Naheen Hines will have some involvement in the passing game, but Jonathan Taylor will too. And the schedule is so amazing. Guys, Jonathan Taylor, I'm calling it right now. League winner. Jonathan Taylor is the guy, the league winner. Go buy him before it is too late. Alrighty, so worry level for those guys, negative zero, unworried. In fact, I like Naheen Hines more now, and I love Jonathan Taylor more. So great situation for both those guys. All right, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Shoot, this is going to be longer than 20 minutes. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry about that. I thought my camera could hold up the battery. I thought I could get through this in 20 minutes. But uh, you get me talking about Jonathan Taylor, and uh, it's going to be more than 20 minutes. All right, the next guys, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Are we worried? This was the most common worry that TikTok had. Said, should we be worried about Kareem Hunt? Because Nick Chubb was involved. Guys, this is why I said don't draft Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is there. Kareem Hunt had more carries, more yards more receptions, and Nick Chubb fumbled the ball. Are we panicking with Chubb? No, we're not panicking. Because hopefully when you drafted him, you were aware that Kareem Hunt was there and you handcuffed him. You handcuffed Nick Chubb with Kareem Hunt. Hopefully you did that. If you didn't, yeah, you should be worried. Because it's going to be kind of like this throughout the season. Although I think Nick Chubb will rebound. I think they'll both rebound more and score more. If you don't have Nick Chubb, I'd buy low. I'd buy low on Nick Chubb. Because this is an instance of my panic meter for Nick Chubb is at a three. It's a solid red flags everywhere. And that's why he's a great buy low candidate. Because he had five points, which is pitiful. And there's a really obvious reason why he underperformed. Because there's another great running back who got more carries, more receptions, and Nick Chubb fumbled. That should scare you. 
If you're a Nick Chubb owner, you're panicking. But look at the schedule. Cincinnati and then Washington, then Dallas, Indianapolis. It's a good schedule coming up for Nick Chubb. And at some point, talent will overcome bad opportunities. So I think Nick Chubb rebounds. I don't think he's what he was last year. I don't believe that. But I think he rebounds. And if you can get him at a super cheap value, I'm doing so. I'm doing so, especially if you already have Kareem Hunt. So yeah, that's that's how I feel about those two guys. So my Chubb worry level is at a three. My Hunt worry level is at a zero. I mean, I'm excited about Kareem Hunt. Have him has a handcuff in a couple leagues. If you don't have Chubb, go get him. If you don't have Hunt, go get him. And if you have Chubb, go get Hunt. And if you have Hunt, go get Chubb. <laughs> That's the advice I can give you there. Le'Veon Bell, let's talk about this. Are we worried about Le'Veon Bell? No, because I was expecting a garbage performance from him. Six carries for 14 yards, two receptions for 32 yards, and a hamstring injury. Yay! If you drafted, uh, if you drafted Le'Veon Bell, you were aware that you would be in misery. You were aware that when you drafted Le'Veon Bell, you were going to running back purgatory. Right now, it's looking closer to per, uh, running back hell than purgatory. Uh, Adam Gase says he regrets leaving him in after he injured his hamstring. Yeah, yeah, you should. That's stupid. <laughs> Sorry, but come on. Injures his hamstring. You're already getting blown out and you leave him in. Shame on you, Adam Gase. You're the worst coach in football. You're a garbage football coach, and you will be fired very soon. If you have Le'Veon Bell, you got to hold on because there's nothing you can do. You can't drop him or trade him. No one wants to buy him. Not looking good for him. San Francisco next. Uh, he will be out next week, I would assume. I will talk to Fancy Docs. But Le'Veon Bell worry meter is at a three. It's at a three, a solid three. The one 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 reason why you wouldn't be worried is because when you drafted him, you were aware that, yeah, this is going to be awful. And uh, that's I'm in this situation right now, guys. I drafted Le'Veon Bell in the league, expecting something like this. Not quite this fast. Not quite this fast and bad. But, yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't have much else to say about that. We'll talk to Fancy Docs about the injury coming up here uh, on Thursday. But, yeah, I am worried about Le'Veon Bell. And one last guy to talk about. DJ Moore, he was the hyped-up guy this offseason. We were expecting the breakout. It was either him or Calvin Ridley. So far, it looks like it was Calvin Ridley. What are we doing with DJ Moore? We're holding. It's fine, guys. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. DJ Moore still had nine points, four of nine for 54 yards. Just not a great day. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson was heavily involved. Uh, didn't see that much involvement coming. But the fact that the Panthers put up 30 points shows that they're a better offense and there will be better days for DJ Moore. Don't panic. Don't sell him. If you don't have him, try to buy low. I still think he's a great wide receiver and I think he'll be more involved as we continue through the season and he builds chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater. I think Robbie Anderson will have a better season than usual, but I don't think Robbie Anderson will be the guy, the main wide receiver one there. I think that is still DJ Moore. So worry level, well, we'll put it at one. Just just to be fair, because, I mean, there is reason to worry, but I'm just personally not like, oh, no! It's just like, oh, oh, no. It'll be better, though. It'll be better. All right, guys. So that is the end of the bus segment. I'm going to pause the recording for a second and go get a get a charger for my camera. So I'll see you guys in three, two, one. 
And bam, just like that, we are back. The the power, the magical power of digital editing. All right, so the booms, the booms of the week, the players that actually did well. Uh, and we will go through on a meter of one to three how excited I am about these players. If I think this is just, a, oh, yeah, he had a good game, not really expecting it long term. Or if it's like a, yeah, 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 you know. Something like that. Um, yeah, so, something like that. So, first boom of the week. We got our man, my man, Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to take a week one victory lap. They're, they're pretty frowned upon in the fantasy football world, but come on. Aaron Rodgers. I've been saying this all offseason, that Aaron Rodgers is being way undervalued. He's still a good quarterback, and I said he's going to come out week one and light it on fire. Aaron Rodgers did just that. Currently, the number two quarterback this week with 364 yards, four touchdowns. Oh, yeah, 32 fantasy points. How am I? How excited am I, though, long term? I'm going to put it at a three, a three. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is back, guys. And you were able to snag him at the end of your draft with guys like Kirk Cousins and uh, and Matthew Stafford and Carson Wentz. You were drafting him in that tier of quarterbacks, and he's showing us. He already showed us week one. He is still Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think that's going to change. Because he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Even last year, his down year, he was still one of the best. Guess who he has next week? Detroit. He's going to throttle them. He's going to completely destroy them. He's got New Orleans. Okay, he can, he can do it against them. Then he's got Atlanta, who just allowed 33 points to Russell Wilson. Man, Aaron Rodgers is going to be one of the fantasy football MVPs. He's going to be the player that people... Next year at this time, we're going to say, who's going to be the Aaron Rodgers this year? That quarterback that we all kind of forgot about, and then he just reemerged as a top-tier guy. Aaron Rodgers, guys, so excited. Level three. Next guy, his teammate, Devontae Adams. Holy smokes, Devontae Adams went off 42 points. 14 for 17, 156 yards, and two touchdowns. The volume, 14 for 17 a wide receiver with 17 receptions and 14 or 17 targets and 14 receptions. That's insane. And he made the most of it, 156 yards. And the thing that held him back last year, apart from the injury, was the touchdowns. He didn't score. Two touchdowns already, guys. Devontae Adams, my excitement level, is a three. He's a beast. He's an amazing wide receiver. And I think it's going to continue. Not quite at that level, not 42 points a week, but he, he's, he's, he's a guy that I could see finishing as the number one overall. And he obviously has a great head start over guys like Michael Thomas. But guys, I would not be surprised at all if Devontae Adams was number one overall this year. Next guy, Chris Carson. Chris Carson got it done this week. Six carries for 21 yards, six receptions for 45 yards, and two touchdowns. What are you doing if you have Chris Carson? Um, I'm holding or selling high. Six carries. Six carries, guys, for 21 yards. That's that's not that's not something I'm excited about. He got bailed out by two touchdowns. When you see the big the big point totals, 
you got to look at how they scored the points. It's touchdowns for Chris Carson. Carlos Hyde had more carries. That's what I worry about. Carlos Hyde had 23 yards on seven carries, and Carson had 21 on six. And Carlos Hyde had the 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 rushing touchdown. That, that worries me. I don't think we can expect two receiving touchdowns from Chris, Chris Carson each week. It's not what I'm that's not what I want to bank on. He had some good involvement with 45 yards and six receptions. That's good, but two touchdowns in the receiving role? That's not going to happen every week and Carlos Hyde had the rushing touchdown. I'm I'm not excited about Chris Carson, guys. I'm going to put it at a 1.5 because there's great trade value because he had a huge point total. But with DK Metcalf in the receiving role, really emerging, 95 yards and touchdown. Tyler Lockett, eight receptions for 92. David Moore was involved. Greg Olson was involved. I can't support Chris Carson because he can't support the receiving touchdowns each week. And as a running back, he wasn't that involved. Now that may change. That will change. But Carlos Hyde will be heavily involved in the goal line work and probably a vulture a lot of touchdowns. So not super excited about Chris Carson. I'm going to put him a 1.5. I'm trying to sell him high. This is a perfect opportunity. I think you can trade Chris Carson for Nick Chubb and something. I think you could get Chris Carson and trade him for Nick Chubb and a, a wide receiver who busted, kind of like um, maybe uh, Terry McLaurin, something like that. I think you could you just float that around. Float Chris Carson around in your league. I think you can get some really good value, and I don't think he's going to sustain the production we saw. Next guy, Calvin Ridley. Holy smokes. Dude went off. He went off this week, and so did Julio. He had nine receptions. For 130 yards and two touchdowns. That's that's superb. 34 fantasy points. Still eight points fewer than Devontae Adams. But will this continue for Calvin Ridley? For the most part, I think so. Um, I'm going to put my excitement level at two. The one thing I'm not super excited about is... Julio Jones had nine receptions. Calvin Ridley had nine receptions. And Russell Gage had nine receptions. I don't think that is sustainable. I don't think Matt Ryan throws 54 times each game. Todd Gurley is there in the run game, but I I still don't think Matt Ryan throws it 54 times a game. I think this game got out of hand, high scoring fast, but we saw... The upside that Calvin Ridley has, the upside that we were excited about this offseason. We saw that he and Julio, I said this two years ago, I think they can both be top five wide receivers. I think that's possible. And this could this could be the year that happens. Am I expecting 130 yards and two touchdowns from Calvin Ridley each week? No. But I think this is the new Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Julio and Calvin Ridley. I think they will win people championships. Russell Gage, very interesting. 114 yards on nine receptions. Definitely worth adding. Because we saw if the Falcons get down, they throw like no other team. 54 attempts. Not saying they will throw 54 attempts each game, but Russell Gage is the next man up. He had nine receptions. That's 
really, really good. So uh, um, he did he did get hurt. We aren't sure exactly how serious it is yet at the time of recording. So I think he's still worth adding. Um, we'll talk to Fancy Docs about him, but he 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 had a good end to 2019. He ended 2019 with 10 points, 13 points, uh, or 12. Or yeah, let's go back to week. Started week 12. He had 15, then 16, 3, 8, 10, 13. He was showing that he was evolving into a good wide receiver, and he comes in 2020 week one as targeted 12 times, hauls in nine receptions. Russell Gage is someone you should be adding. I will talk to Fancy Docs about the big hit, but uh, yeah, very excited about both those guys. And Julio Jones, obviously, but you know Julio. Now, next guy we're going to talk about, Josh Allen. Everyone on TikTok wants me to do this. Talk about Josh Allen. Admit that I was wrong. That I was a fool. That I am a clown. Oh no. Because Josh Allen put up a good performance against the worst team to ever exist. I was wrong, guys. I'm so sorry. Josh Allen, you are the best quarterback in the entire NFL. You will be MVP. You are an accurate thrower. No, you're not. I watched it. I watched the game. I watched it, guys. I, I, I used my janky NFL Game Pass that I used with the VPN to get the EU version. I watched it. And Josh Allen didn't impress me from an accuracy standpoint. I was predicting a huge game from Josh Allen. I have him in fantasy leagues. I knew he would have a really good performance. But the accuracy... I know he had the 71% completion percentage. Completion percentage doesn't equal accuracy. They're two different things. Completion percentage and accuracy are two different things. He was still pretty inaccurate. And this is the best it will get for Josh Allen, this matchup. Even that touchdown screen pass to John Brown. Low, in the dirt. It was a horrible pass. A bad screen pass. Come on, he can't throw a screen pass yet. John Brown made the catch, took it to the house, but it was a bad pass. That's what I worry about. That won't always be caught. Sometimes it will hit the ground. It was a bad pass. The next series I watch, he throws it to the end zone. It was a dropped interception about five yards in front of the wide receiver, went off the defender's hand, should have been a pick in the end zone. Next play, he does a little run, and he like tries to somersault over a guy, head plants, and fumbles the ball. No, I don't think Josh Allen is that good still, guys. Go watch the game. Don't watch his highlights. Watch the game. He makes horrible decisions, and his accuracy is still pretty darn bad. Doesn't mean he can't put up good fantasy performances. I have never said Josh Allen can't put up good fantasy performances. As a quarterback, though, sorry about that, Mike. As a, as a quarterback, though, I still am not convinced that he's a good passer. Okay, I, I, the, the, uh, he's talented. I know he can run around. I know he's going to have really good games in fantasy. But accuracy is what I was worried about, and what I saw: two lost fumbles, a lot of overthrown passes, horrible decision making again, missing guys wide open. Not a believer yet in Josh Allen. 
Now, next week against Miami, he's going to have a great game. Then things get tougher with the Rams and Aaron Donald. And then the Raiders, he should have a good game. Then Tennessee, going to be tough. Kansas City, going to be tough. Jets, there he's going to have a big game. But then he gets New England, Seattle, Arizona, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England. That worries me. Josh Allen has about four weeks to figure out his issues before they catch up with him. If you have Josh Allen, start him every week, but monitor the games. Actually watch the games. And if these issues, the decision-making and accuracy, are not corrected by the time they get to week eight, I would sell him high for a quarterback that, uh, like, I would sell him high. Yeah, I would sell him high. Because when we get to week seven and he faces the Jets again, he will be a top five quarterback in fantasy. People will be so excited with Josh Allen. I bought this card. I'm a believer. I'm going to flip this card after week seven when he faces the Jets. Because then they head to the bye. Or not yet. They, then they get New England, Seattle, Arizona. Then the bye. Then they get the Chargers, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Denver, New England. He's going to get murdered. If he hasn't fixed these issues, he will get destroyed. And his issues will be exposed. I don't hate Josh Allen. As a fantasy owner who owns Josh Allen, I'm saying my worries have not, have, have not ceased. I still think he has a lot to improve on. And if he can't fix some of these basic issues, like somersaulting over players and fumbling it, then you got to trade him after that Week 7 Jets game. That's, that's all I'm going to say about Josh Allen. So excitement level, I'm going to put at 3 and worry level, I'm going to put it three. Because I'm super excited as Josh Allen owner for the next seven weeks. They're going to be beautiful. And then I'm really worried about the next rest of the season. So that is, those are my thoughts on Josh Allen. Next up, we got Robbie Anderson. Dude had a huge performance. I was excited for him uh, this season a little bit because uh, he finally has a quarterback who can throw the ball um he had six catches for 115 yards and a touchdown so obviously a big part of that was his like 70 yard touchdown 75 yard deep touchdown so that is the majority of his fantasy points and that's how Robbie Anderson is so I'm not excited or worried I think this is Robbie Anderson he's going to come out next game now have six points then a three-point performance, then a two-point performance. Then you're going to finally say, okay, it was a week one anomaly. You're going to drop him. Then he's going to face off against Atlanta and put up another 30-point performance. That's just what Robbie Anderson is. That is what you're dealing with with Robbie Anderson. So my excitement is at 1.5 because he does finally have a decent quarterback throwing to him. I'm not worried. I just, this is kind of what I expect Robbie Anderson to be. But I am a little bit excited because he does have a better quarterback, which means these big performances will be more often. And I think his, you know, horrible games will be a little bit better than they have been in the past. You know, eight points instead of one. (laughs) All right, guys. It's time. J.K. Dobbins. (laughs) Can I take my victory lap on J.K. Dobbins? I'm not going to take a victory lap on J.K. Dobbins because I predicted him being the league winner. It hasn't happened yet. Things are looking good. 
I will admit I'm I'm excited. Things are looking pretty good. Mark Ingram, though. Guys, this is what I love to see. Mark Ingram scored two fantasy points. Okay. J.K. Dobbins scored, I believe, 14 fantasy points. I'll get the exact number here. Yeah, 14.2. Now, neither of these guys were extremely efficient or productive as runners. They got blown up behind the line a lot. But J.K. Dobbins had a higher snap percentage, and he got two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. I know touchdowns are hard to predict, but these touchdowns came down on the goal line. Why is that exciting? Because he didn't break off a 30-yard run and get a touchdown that was supposed to go to Mark Ingram. It's because they got to the goal line and they fed J.K. Dobbins. Snaps that we would expect to go to Ingram went to Dobbins. That is why I'm really excited. And he did this without any involvement in the passing game, in a blowout performance. He's got Houston, Kansas City, Washington, Cincinnati, Philadelphia. This is going to be a glorious stretch for J.K. Dobbins. I think he gets more efficient, more involved as a runner. And if he can keep getting the goal line opportunities, what I said about J.K. Dobbins all offseason will come to fruition. I'm not going to take the victory lap yet because I need to see a little more out of him in the receiving game and rushing game. But the fact that he got the two goal line touchdowns is really exciting. Not just like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And Mark Ingram, my worry level would be at a three. I think he's going to be pretty irrelevant this year. J.K. Dobbins, my excitement level is at a three. All righty. Next guy we're going to talk about, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is the last, the last quarterback we will talk about, or last player uh, in the in the booms. And then we're going to get into a couple closing remarks and some three guys on the waiver wire that I want you to pick up. Matt Ryan had 450 yards and two touchdowns and a pick on 54 attempts. That's really good. 26 fantasy points. Uh Here's here's what's exciting about this. The fact that this guy threw 450 yards and only two touchdowns, he can have better games. Yet, we saw if they go down, they want to throw. And he has the weapons to just throw all game. I'm not expecting 54 passes. But that's a possibility every single game. Dallas great offense. They could easily go down early, have another 50-plus attempts, 400 yards, and a couple touchdowns. He's got Green Bay later. It's another offense that could go up early. Carolina, they can put up points. He's going against some good offenses in these next couple weeks. Matt Ryan is going to be a top eight fantasy quarterback with MVP upside. It's what I was talking about this offseason. Matt Ryan is literally a top eight quarterback with MVP upside. We saw that upside week one. Now we got to see what 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 a normal week is, where it's not a shootout. But Matt Ryan, my excitement level is at a 2.5. 2.5. Because we saw the tendency to throw. And we saw the weapons 
that make it so he can throw. And Calvin Ridley has evolved into the next Julio Jones. And who, sorry, and Julio Jones is still Julio Jones. And Russell Gage is emerging. Three weapons to throw to. Three, two, two elites and one up and coming star. And then Todd Gurley can catch two. So very excited about Matt Ryan. I would still try to buy him, honestly, because two touchdowns is pretty rare. Someone has 450 yards and only two touchdowns. I would expect the touchdowns to go up. So very excited about Matt Ryan. All righty. Let's get in the waiver wire. Three guys that I have found for you to pick up. Listen, everyone knows the week one waiver wire. It's, it's, it's pretty, I don't know. I don't love spending a ton of time on the week one waiver wire just because it's, uh, it's a lot of times irrelevant because so many weird things happen in week one, especially this year because no one's played. And a lot of times, everyone does an hour show on Gus Edwards, and then he never does anything. And it's just, wow, I wasted an hour of my life. But three guys that I've uh, highlighted that I think could have some instant impact and long-term impact. LaVisca Chenault. So Jaguars, James Robinson, Garner Minshew, and LaVisca Chenault. Those three guys pick up. Jake, uh, uh, Gardner Minshew has shown me enough that I am a full believer in him. A full believer. I'm all on board Minshew mania. I was all, all on board this offseason. I thought he was going to have a great season. I got a little worried when they uh, traded everyone good on their team for draft picks. A little worried. But he showed me what I saw in him when I was watching a film on him this offseason. For those of you who don't know this offseason, I went back and I watched pretty much every single Gardner Minshew snap, which was a little bit painful, but hey, it was quarantine, nothing else to do. And what I saw, I've talked about this several times on the podcast, I saw an elite passer who was incredibly inconsistent and he had like these, these elite flashes. Week one against the Chiefs, an elite flash. Where I said to myself, if he can string this together, he will be a really good quarterback. He comes out week one. I watched the game with my janky NFL game pass, and I'm a believer. He did what I was hoping to see. He involved LaVisca Chenault. DJ Chark was pretty involved, although it didn't really result in fantasy points. And James Robinson was involved. The offense is better than I was expecting, and Gardner Minshew is not going to let them tank. I am a full believer in Gardner Minshew. Go pick him up. Go pick up LaVisca Chenault. He's going to be a pretty good wide receiver. I think he could be a lot like uh, this year's Terry McLaurin, where he has a big week one, and most fantasy pages say, oh, yeah, it just, uh, it's just a crazy week one thing. DJ Chark is there. Don't, 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 don't waste your waiver on LaVisca Chenault. And then next year we're saying, yeah, LaVisca Chenault is going to have a huge season. You should be drafting him in the sixth round. So LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, Gardner Minshew, Add as many of those guys as you can. I think they'll be very good. Uh, Joshua Kelly is the new Melvin Gordon in uh, L.A. You probably can't add him because he was owned in a lot of leagues. But if he, if he's still there, definitely add him. He was a very productive runner, 5 yards per carry, 12 carries, 60 yards, a touchdown. And he, he had more carries than Austin Eckler. I think that will kind of continue that kind of time split. And then Latavius Murray, guys. As I mentioned with Alvin Kamara, my 1.5 injury rating or, or worry rating, he uh, 
didn't look himself running the ball. 1.9 yards per carry. Murray out-touched him as a runner. He was really saved by the touchdowns. Latavius Murray is going to fly under the radar because Alvin Kamara had a bad game but had a good fantasy performance. And Latavius Murray had a good game and a bad fantasy performance. 15 attempts, 48 yards, no touchdowns, no scoring opportunities. Something's going on with Alvin Kamara, I believe. And if that continues, Latavius Murray is going to be a really good guy to own. I don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara. I'm going to check in with Fantasy Docs, see if there's some injury worry. But right now, there's no reason to not add Latavius Murray. Zero risk, but the upside with Latavius Murray is huge in case there is something wrong with Alvin Kamara. But him out touching Kamara as a runner and looking better as a runner, definitely keep an eye on Murray. I would draft, I would add him this week. So yeah, there we go. Closing remarks. Go Cardinals. That's the team I have uh, you know, officially chosen. Uh, Kyler Murray looked great as a runner, as a passer. DeAndre Hopkins super involved early on. Kenyon Drake looked pretty good. Yeah, go Cardinals. Uh, Adam Gase is still a horrible fantasy, uh, a horrible coach, horrible for fantasy football too. And I uh, expect him to be fired before week week eight of the season. I think he'll be gone. So thank you guys for listening or watching to the podcast, whatever format you're on. I hope you enjoyed this week's uh, week one recap. And I'll see you guys on Thursday and Friday with the matchup previews for week two of the NFL season. Have a great day, everyone. I will see you all next time.